I'm so glad to get here this morning. I'm glad that I still get to walk on my own two feet and get to come to church with you. And, and when I get here, what's best of all is to know the presence of God is in this place. Know that he's with you and he's with me. And, and as we worship, he's in our midst. I enjoyed tremendously praise and worship this morning. Uh, I think we need to give them a, a clap here this morning. The sound system making a lot of difference up there. They're putting a lot of effort into that. Can you hear me all right, brother? Good. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I'm just enjoying it. By the way, I think somebody even had some ear monitors on this morning. But uh, what I really enjoyed was that little bit of harmony with the voices up here. I tell you what, I knew we had that talent in this house that's just now beginning to break loose and come out, and I can't wait for more of it. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning, and, and I hope you can hear where I'm coming from. I, I'm reminded of a place in the Bible where it talked about a race, and everybody that runs in a race, it talks about in the natural runs to win, but only one gets the prize, the one that comes in first. But it's a little different with us. We run, and everybody that finishes gets the prize. And so I, as I thought about that, I, I want to talk to you somewhere along the lines that there are three things every Christian should do, no exceptions. Every Christian should do these three things. Before I get started, I want to read to you Philippians 3 and 13 and 14. And I want to read it to you this morning. Uh, I'm just going to read it from a living Bible. It says, No, dear brethren, I'm still not all that I should be, but I am bringing all my energies. Notice it said all my energies, not some of them, to bear on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, and straining to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven because of what Jesus Christ did for us. That's my scripture this morning. Number one thing I think we need to do, according to what I see from this verse, is we need to forget the things that are behind. And when I think about that, I've met so many people that it was hard for them to forget about things behind. They would rise up so far, and then the things behind would get in their thoughts. I guess how it got there, uh, uh, if you want to think about it, is because the enemy is trying his best to stop you and I. And if he can find anything that he knows about you that he can bring up to you to stop you, he'll do it. He's not uh, afraid to bring up the least thing or the biggest thing, but he'll bring up anything in your past to stop you. But you have the responsibility and you have the blessing to be able to just shut him down and not listen to him. It's always been amazing to me how that uh, when God forgives you, the scripture talks about he remembers it no more. But yet we'll listen to that thing come to our ear and remind us of our past. And we know that's not God talking to us because the scripture says he remembers it no more. And so we, the first thing we need to do when we become Christians, and if you're not Christian, think about what I'm saying because you can be, if you will be. All you've got to do is ask the Lord to come into your heart and he'll accept you and move on from there. But forget about things in the past. I've had bad things happen in my past. 
Uh, the devil knows about it. God knows about it. I repented for it. God forgave me. And, and so that's the end of the story. I don't need to hear it anymore. I don't need to tell anybody. I don't need to share it with anybody. That was the old man. The new man in Christ don't have a past like that. Paul said we become new creatures in Christ Jesus when we give our heart to him, when we've gotten saved. So we need to forget about our past difficulties, our sacrifices made in the past and things that we've done without. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we need to remember that God is in our situation. We need to forget about obstacles we faced in the past, the hardships and the storms that blew our way. Now, there's some, when I'm saying that, I mean we don't need to just dwell on them. That's, that's the kind of talking about, I'm talking about this morning, that we need to forget about. Don't just dwell on them because there are some things that God will let us be reminded of so that we can know that he's going to help us through this. I like to be reminded of when God took and, and helped me out of the situation over here. The good things God did for me, that, I, I like to remember that because it helped me to step up a step higher in God. But I don't need to dwell on those sad things in my past that when I serve the enemy, there's a grief difference there. We need to realize that, that we're getting into a race. We've already got into a race if we're serving him. If you're thinking about serving God, you need to realize you're going to be getting in a race. It's going to be a race for your soul. And there's a finish line. We need to remember that God's with us all the way. That God's called us to where we are. I've talked to someone recently that didn't know whether they should be here or be someplace else. Realize that God, if you're here, but God brought you here. You didn't come here because you were so smart. God's got a way of doing things. I'm not saying anybody's not smart around here, but when it comes to following God, it takes God to guide you and direct you to where he wants you to be. You and I are not smart enough to know that without him. But we need to forget about the things in our past that we used to be. We need to not be so quick to tell everybody about our past. Matter of fact, we ought to be like God, forget about our past. That's the person with the help of God that we buried on the other side of the cross. Second thing I find that we need to do according to Scripture is we need to reach for things that are before us or look forward to what lies ahead. If we look forward to what lies ahead once we've Ask the Lord to come into our life. We'll do well. You see, uh, uh, when we realize we get into a race, the first thing we do when we get to the starting point is we begin to realize that there's a goal down the road. And we're not going to get there unless we run and run all the way. I'm reminded of the story between the hare or the rabbit and the turtle. Everybody's heard that story. The rabbit could run so fast. The old turtle was real slow. But the rabbit just jumped off the finish line and ran out about halfway down there, and there's a tree along the side of the road. And he decided he just put on the shade and, and rest himself for a few minutes because he can't even see the turtle. He's so far behind. He'll have plenty of time. The old turtle just study going on, study moving forward. And a little while later, the rabbit wakes up, and he looks up, and the turtle is just getting ready to go across the finish line. It don't do any good for you and I to run hard for a little while and stop on the side of the road. 
because this race we're in, it takes some perseverance. It takes some pushing forward. It takes going through some hard places. It takes leaning on God to give you a little bit more patience, a little bit more strength to go a little bit further. There have been times in my life since I've been serving God, and, and I've been serving some years now, and I don't care how long you serve uh, uh, God until you get ready to cross over to be with the Lord. There's going to be some temptations along the road to slow down and stop. You've got plenty of time. There have been times in my life that it would look so good to kind of make a detour to the side. But realize one thing, that's not God's plan. That's the enemy's plan in your life because God wants you and I to focus on the finish line, to focus where we're going, focus to where he's called us to because he has a, he has a reward for us at the end. We need to stay focused. We need to reach for victory as hard as we can. The prize goes to the winner. And each of us will be winners when we run all the way. The Bible said, he that endures to the end, the same is saved. A lot of times the enemy wants us to think that just because we've been to an altar, we got it made. I talked to someone recently as we talked, and, and as I began to talk to them, I realized that, that they had some difficulties understanding what it is to be really walking into pages of, of God's Word. We can't afford to deviate and get under a shade tree. We can't afford to deviate and pull off on a side road and, and, and do some things we used to do. The Bible talks about we ought to be long-suffering and we ought to have some patience. And, and this race we're in requires a person to have long-suffering and, and to have patience and to love everybody. If we don't, we've made a detour along the road. And I want you to know something this morning. Some of the things you'll run into in this travel as you run this race toward the finish line is going to be, you're going to need to be uh, careful to have long-suffering in some places where you're placed. That I don't want to have any more long-suffering. There's going to be some times that, that you just want to, don't want to have any patience with people around you, but you need to have patience with people around you. Because if you don't believe that, just look in the mirror when you get home and look what God's had to work with. We're supposed to be Christ-like, or we're working to be Christ-like. We have some ways to go yet before we get across. Some of us may be longer than others, but the prize goes to the victor, the one that, that keeps focused, the one that keeps running. The one that, and we run according to God's Word the way God says we need to run, not the way I want to run sometimes. As we run this race, we need to... We need to tell the flesh, wait a minute, that I'm living a crucified life. And to live a crucified life for Christ, we can't afford to, to yield to what our flesh sometimes wants to do. There's been times, just to make it a light example, there's been times if I'd have yield to my flesh what it wanted to do, I would have turned my head over and covered up my head and stayed another 30 minutes or an hour before I got up in the morning. By then, I, uh, somebody would have had to ask Brother White to preach or somebody because I'd already been too late. But see, it's not about what my flesh feels like doing. It's about what I, and who I am in Christ Jesus. What, what kind of a man or woman am I? Am I spiritual or am I fleshly? And if I'm spiritual, I need to, to speak to my flesh sometimes. That, Look, you may not feel like it, but we are going anyway and going and do it. There's times that uh, uh, people will, will that they'll trouble your spirit in spite of themselves. They love God and you love God, but, but you, just, you just clash when you get together. There's times that we need to just stop and chill out and, and have some patience. We need 
to look forward to what lies ahead, the finish line. And if we're really looking at the finish line, what God has for you and I, it'll force us to value the things that's before us. And it'll force us to value where we are in situations and, and cause us to act Christ-like even when we feel like we don't want to. There's been times that people ask me, Brother Ben, how do you handle situations without just losing it? And I've jokingly told them, but it's more truth than, it, than, than joking sometimes. I, I said, well, I just bite my lip and go outside and kick my foot against the wall when nobody can see. Don't let God be made look little in your life. Don't let the blood of Jesus look weak in your life. Let Jesus look strong in your life. He'll make you strong when you're weak if you'll lean on him. We need to learn, according to Proverbs, says, trust in the Lord. Said he who trusts in the Lord will prosper. Corinthians 10, 31 says, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. As we keep our eyes focused on the finish line, Whatever we're doing, we need to be doing it for the glory of the Lord. And we need to be putting our trust in the Lord that I see things. Uh, I see them in part, but God sees the whole picture. And sometimes the most important thing that's in the picture, I don't see it, but God knows what it is. And so my part in it is to stay focused, to stay focused on the Lord and let the Lord uh, receive the glory in the whole situation. And any time that I get my eyes off the finish line for myself uh, or you get your eyes off the finish line and you begin to let the flesh rejoice in, in what it feels like doing, you're not focused like you need to be. As we run this road of life, let us run it with patience. Patience with everybody around us. Have patience with Brother Terry and Brother Terry having patience with Brother Ben. Patience says a lot for a person that claims to be serving God. The minute you lose your patience and you let yourself show off as the man, your woman you used to be, you push God out of the picture and he looks weak to whoever you're around. We need to lift him up and let him be the Lord of our lives. Hebrews 2 and 1 says, since we have such a great, since we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching from the grandstands, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. And especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet to trip us up. And let us run. Let us run. Let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before you and I. There's nothing that happens by accident in your life, in my life, if we're serving God. Every opportunity that the devil takes to try to trip you up is a place of opportunity to stand firm in God and let God know, he already knows, but let everybody around you know that God is God in your life. Lean on him with patience and you'll come out victorious. Reach for wholeness. None of us are perfect, but as we are reaching forward to what lies ahead, reach for wholeness. God says, be ye holy, for I'm holy. Reach for holiness. Reach to be more like the Lord. In every race, there's a place to begin, and, and this is a good place to begin. As I begin to get in this race but from the finish line looking forward, I need to focus on holiness in God. I've talked to too many people that feel like uh, it's all right. Uh, uh, God understands. Uh, I talked to one brother, a young minister one time, 
And he said, God understands. And we're talking about a habit he had. He said, when God gets ready to take it away from me, he will. I said, hold it, brother. God didn't force it on you. He's not going to take it away from you. The Bible said he's coming back for people that have made themselves ready. He, and not Jeff making me ready or Brother White making me ready, uh, uh, but me making me ready. You see, you have to get a, an attitude that I'm going to get ready. In spite of what the devil says, I'm going to get ready because I know that there's a finish line. And at the starting point of the race, I get ready to put all my focus and all my efforts and all I've got to make it to the end. Jeff used to run a track every now and then when he was young. He had one problem. He didn't like to run unless he had competition. So he wouldn't go out and practice. But, but if he got three steps in front of you, he was like a rabbit. He was gone. You weren't going to catch him as long as he knew you was in the race. But we went up north one time to uh, some, tri uh, to, to, some uh, uh, what do you call it, where everybody come together. And, uh, pardon me? Well, whatever that is. I didn't get it all, but whatever, well, you got it. I'm having difficulty. Uh, uh, but uh, anyways, to make the long story short, Jeff was leading the pack, and he's coming to the finish line. And he was way out ahead. He should have won the race, but he thought that he had enough kick to be ahead. One of the guys that he could outrun sneaked up on his side, and before they know it, he got in front of Jeff, and Jeff didn't have enough time to get enough kick to get in front of him. The good part is he came in second. But let me tell you something, there's no coming in second in this race that we're in for God. You've got to come in first for you because you're not running against me. You're running against the devil trying to trap you to keep you from getting to the finish line. We have a race to run for ourselves, and the reward is to the individual that endures, endures, endures to the end. Reach for wholeness. The writer in Romans says in 6 and 19, I speak this way using the illustration of slaves and masters because it's, it's easy to understand. Just as you used to be slaves to all kinds of sins, so now, says, so now you must let yourselves be slaves to all that is right and holy. Speaking from the Living Bible. Must let yourself. I like that. That's why I put that in there because many people get the idea that when I come to the altar and I step down now, then I'm zombified and God's going to move me wherever God wants to move me to. But, but, and I have no control. But that's wrong thinking. God will lead you to where he wants you to go if you'll hear him and be led. Sheep follow the shepherd. And so we need to become good sheep and follow the shepherd. But sometimes it's easy to get detoured. And so we need to move forward. Uh, uh, and you must let your body be slaves or yourselves be slaves, which is your body, to all that is right and holy. If we keep our spirit in line with Christ, our body will follow. Our body will follow. I've heard so many times people said, well, the devil made me do it. Oh, the devil made me do it. We throw so much off on the devil. He's about his job. He don't take a vacation, all that. But the devil has no authority over the child of God if we'll listen to God, if we be submissive to him. If the problem being a lot of time we get hung up in things, is we didn't keep our spirit in alignment with Christ. If we keep our spirit in alignment with Christ, we won't have any problem with the body. It'll follow along happily. Praise God. Romans 12 and 1 and the new King James says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, 
acceptable unto God. There is no compromise where it says holy and acceptable to God. See, we, are, we should be a living sacrifice to God. That don't mean that we go and just be sacrificed. He said a living sacrifice. That means that, that I don't get to go tell Brother White what he's got to do, and he don't get to tell me what I got to do. Uh, if he tells me through a message, I need to listen to it. Same with him with me. But, but when it comes down to it, I need to listen to what the Lord is saying to me through the word and through ministry. Uh, I need to listen. Because listen, God will tell us exactly what we need to do if we get his word out and get into it. Praise the Lord. But he loves us so much, he gives us ministries and preachers to talk to us and to preach to us and give us a, a more understanding from where we are. But he says we are to be a living sacrifice. That means that I don't allow my body to do the things it used to. If I was to, on Sunday morning, first thing when I get up, instead of having a cup of coffee, I'd have a, a, a cup of Southern Comfort or Jack Daniels. If it meant I could do what I want to, I, uh, for dessert after dinner, I'd have some vanilla ice cream and a shot of bourbon in top of it, stir it up, and have me a bourbon shake. I, t I tell you, I never was an alcoholic. My wife says I never was sober. But now, that, I want you to think about this this moment. If that's the way I used to be, then I can't still do that and, have a, and, and be a living sacrifice, can I? Those are the things I have to push aside. Some of you that smoke know what I'm talking about because some of you that have quit smoking, you could still smoke a cigarette if you didn't think it'd been somebody that long. When I go to a pipe store, I could sit down out front and just inhale the fumes for an hour or so. But that's not pleasing to God. God wants us to let him shine in our life. And sometimes to let the Lord shine in your life, it, 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 there's some things we have to stop doing. It's either about me or it's about the Lord in my life. And when you're in this race for your soul, you need to stay focused on what's good for your soul. And you keep, you keep your place where you need to be in alignment with the Spirit of Christ, and then you're going to win the race. Romans 11 and 1. Let me read it again. And so, dear brethren, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God. And when he says, when you think of this, and when you think of what he has done for you, is this too much to ask? Is God really real in your life is what I get out of that. If he's real in your life, is that too much to ask that we stop doing what we used to do and do the things that pleases God, that the world can see that he's still alive, that your light will be shining so that people don't know Christ will see that there's a change in you and I? I don't think it's too much. Now, if there's a starting place in this race, there has to be a place of continuation on this race. We have to, we have to, uh, 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 we've, we, we've got to forget the things that are behind. We've got to look forward to what lies ahead, the goal and the prize. But now there, there has to be a continuation from the starting point and to the goal. And here, here's, here's the bottom line. Press toward the goal. Press toward the mark. Start to reach end the race start out to reach the end of the race get it in your mind get it in your mind in your head you know why because if you don't get it in your head who you are it's not going to make any difference what you feel in your heart 
That's why so many people fall by the wayside after been serving God for a little while. They haven't really got in their head that they're changed, they're new people, that the devil don't have authority over them. We have to realize uh, and we have to know it beyond the shadow of a doubt in our head that we are gods. We don't wrong the devil anymore and we don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to go out and party like we used to. Oh my goodness, I said something to somebody. Keep your eyes on the finish line. If you're going to win the race, you've got to keep your eyes on the finish line. Keep your spirit. There'll be times in this life that you just feel like don't go anymore. That, you know, life sometimes can trip you up and make you say, well, hey, I've had it. I just want to quit. But that's one of those times you need to, you need to just, I can make one more step with God's help. God, I'm, I'm leaning on you. I hadn't made it yet, and I'm out of wind. You know my spirit's down, Lord, but, but Lord, I'm calling on you for help that cometh only from you. And go on. Matthew 6 and 22 says, The eye is the lamp of the body. And if your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. took me a long time wrestling with that. For some years, I just would read that and go on past because I didn't, I didn't get it, to be honest with you. I just didn't get it. I'll admit, I, I'm a one-talent person. Sometimes I have to fight for stuff. But I finally got it. What you keep your eyes on is what you put in your spirit because what you're looking at goes into your mind. I knew a guy some years ago that was young in the Lord. And he would have to go out on the road on service call. There was a drive-in movie that he had to drive by to go on the service call, or he thought he had to. One night he was driving by, going on service call, and out of the throne of his eye, he caught something on the screen. It was too far away to hear what was being said, but he could see it. Just drove on by. Come back by again, and that same drive-in movie, there was something caught his eye again. He said, man, I can't believe this. Next time out, he got through a little early. So he comes back by, and there's a place to pull off the side of the road there, pull off the side of the road where he could stop and look straight across at this drive-in movie. And he watched it for a few minutes, shook his head, and drove off. Can't believe this. Next night, go out on the drive again, go by the drive-in movie. Somehow or another, he began to look forward to getting through quicker. He worked faster to get through quicker where he could have time to pull off on the side of the road and look again. Sure enough, he did. You know what? That got a hold of that young man. It wasn't wholesome what they were showing. It was when the TVs and the movies started breaking away from being wholesome and just throwing junk out there. That young man had to find another way when he went on road calls than go by that movie house. It would have been easier to go by that, or that drive-in movie, it would have been easier to, to go by there, but he found another way to go around because, see, the devil has a way of dangling a little bait in front of you to get you off track. And if he can get you to nibble on it just a little bit, first thing you know, you're hooked on it. You'll bite on it, and you'll not get free from it without God's help. You'll catch yourself what's an innocent thing, trying to find out about something, if it's real or if it's not or how it feels to be in that situation. You'll catch yourself uh, that you'll want to make time to get back to try it again until you're hooked on it. The Bible tells us that we're the light of the world. He said, don't put it under a basket. 
said we're the salt of the earth. And if the salt has lost its Savior, which is Jesus Christ, we're doing it another way. We're no good for nothing. If that young man had kept on doing that, he would have been sucked into that thing, like many of us have been sucked into other things. I know it's a fact because I was a young man. But if you really love God, you have to find a way to get out of the bait, the trap's been set for you. And the only way you can do it is go to God and lean on God. There's some things you can't even tell anybody about, just God needs to know about. And when you begin to do that, you can get back on focus on the race you're in. But little things like that the devil throws before you will take you out of the race. It didn't take a whole lot to take the rabbit out of the race. All he had to do was just relax for a little bit and lay down under the shade of the tree because he's so far behind me, he'll never catch me. The spider, yet as small as he is, he, web, he makes a very fine web to trap the fly. A web that's so fine that if you're not careful, you can walk into it and not see it. And you think, well, that's not a very strong web. The fly thought he could fly through it. But what he didn't know was the web is sticky. It has a sticky substance on it. And anything that touches it, more it wiggles, the more it'll get stuck with more of it and begin to just bind him down. That's the way the devil does. He'll stick his web out before you and I just to bind us up, to make us think we can get through it. We can get away from it. And the more we get there, the more he begins to wrap around us until we out of focus and we can't go on to finish the race. Matthew 6 and 22, again, said the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. The Bible tells us that to look up, to look up, think on things above, not on things below. He said he's coming back for people that's made themselves ready. We have to stay focused. We have to stay focused and press toward the mark. We haven't got to the finish line yet, but it's not far ahead. I believe we're so close to the Lord's coming that he could come any time, morning, noon, or night, tomorrow, next week, or next month. I don't know when, but I believe we live in that time that some of us in here, or maybe all of us in here, could be living when the Lord comes. There's things happening around the world that if you, if you looked at it, it would scare you if you're not really where you need to be with the Lord. But he says, when we see all these things, look up, your redemption draweth nigh. Set your minds on above, things above, not on earthly things. Press toward faithfulness. Deal with faithfulness as required of a steward. If you're, going to, if you're going to be what God's called you to be, you need to be good stewards. And it says deal with faithfulness as stewards. And it's, this is what it says. Sec, 1 Corinthians 4 and 2, require, it's the requirements of a steward. It said, moreover, it's required of stewards that one be found faithful. That one be found faithful. We are stewards of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. We've been saved. We've been forgiven. We've been given a, a, a new life, a new role in life for people around us. So we need to be found faithful in who we are. What kind of faithfulness are we showing our neighbor next door if they watch us and we told them we're a Christian and, and once a month we go to church? But what, what are we saying about loving God? See, I found out when I met my wife, I didn't want to be away from her. I believe like when you fall in love with God, you won't want to be away from God's people or you won't want to miss a day in church unless you just have to. That's my own personal uh, uh, get out of this thing. You can chew on it all you want to. Everybody can work out your own salvation, but you're playing with your soul. The finish line, we're not there yet. 
We need to strive. We need to strain. We need to reach forward to make it to the finish line so that we can receive a reward. 2 Corinthians 4 and 2 in the NIV says, it is, now it is required, it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. We need to prove faithful. The Living Bible says, now the most important thing about a servant is that he does just what his master tells him to. He, it, he doesn't do what the Lord tells him to and what he wants to when he wants to. He does what the Lord tells him to. Scripture says in Philippians 3 and 13, 14, one more time. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing. I do forgetting those things which are behind me. We need to forget about the things that happened to us in our past life. We need to forget about the things and who we were when we were unsaved. That's in the past. Let's leave it in the past. And then reach forward to those things which are ahead. What's ahead for you and I? Ahead for you and I is heaven or hell. Just because you come to an altar doesn't mean that you're going to go to heaven because you've got some living to do between now and the time God calls you. Oh, there's a doctor running around and says, you go to the altar and you got it made. You can go back home and do what you want to because you got e e eternal salvation. In God's eye, it is throughout eternity that you're saved. But by the same token, he knows that we're in the flesh. And so we get a choice. He didn't make us zombies. We choose everything we do every day. You can choose God today or you can choose to do your thing today. So what we need to do is we need to focus. Focus on who we are. And he says reaching, reaching toward those things which are ahead. Reach toward the goal. Live reaching toward heaven. Live like you're reaching toward heaven. And press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Press toward the prize. To get to heaven, it's going to take us doing what the Bible tells us to do. Works won't get you there. It's by grace. But we live like God calls us because of his grace in our life. I want everybody in this house, if you will, to stand with me. I'd like every eye in this house, every head to be bowed and every eye closed.